Hi, I'm Stacy Hyde, and I'm back with another episode of Better Financial Health in 15 Minutes or Less. And what I'd like to talk about today is student loan forgiveness. There, as you probably know, uh, President Biden announced forgiveness of up to $10,000 in student debt for certain borrowers and even $20,000 for other borrowers. The key things to keep in mind about this is it's going to be based on your income. If you're single or were single in 2021, then the income limit is $125,000, and that's your adjusted gross income. So when you look at your tax return, you look down at the box and it's your adjusted gross income. It's not after deductions or anything like that. It's that number. And if you're married, the limit is $250,000. The exception for this, and that's $10,000 of forgiveness per person. So if you and your spouse both had $10,000 of student debt, that would be forgiven. However, if one of you had 20 and the other had none, then only the 10,000 would be forgiven. The exception to that is if the one that had 20,000 had qualified for a Pell Grant when they were in college, then they would also qualify for $20,000 of student loan forgiveness. So it gets a little confusing. It's kind of the rule of thumb is $10,000 per person. Uh, The income limits are $125,000 for single people, $250,000 for married. And you get an extra $10,000 of forgiveness if you received a Pell Grant while um, you were an undergraduate. And this applies to both um, undergraduate and graduate debt. So if you went to law school or something like that, you'll qualify as well. So I think that this is great news for a lot of people. Um, The other thing that has happened, and this is where you've got a deadline that you need to go ahead and get into the system by October 31st. Um, public loan service forgiveness. So you work for a not-for-profit, you work for a government agency, tribal organization, that type of thing. There's been public loan service forgiveness if you worked for 10 years for a qualifying employer and had a direct loan. The problem has been is many more people have qualified and actually applied for forgiveness, but for technical reasons, they've been declined could be that they originally took out a private loan because before 2010, you didn't really have much in the way of public loans. So, but you could refinance your loan into a um, direct uh, loan and qualify, but people didn't know that. And so now there's this program to basically go fix the system for people who are disqualified for reasons that really they didn't have a lot of control over or they got bad information from their servicers, that sort of thing. There's also some changes that are coming that will fix it to where it still qualifies if you were like a penny off on your payment or you were a month late for certain things. So it's very important that you go ahead and apply before October 31st. That's when the window closes to fix these technical issues. So I think that's very important. If you are a newer um, graduate and have these loans and are hoping to get this, it's very important that you certify your employment every year 
There's also starting in 2023 going to be a mechanism for you to allow the IRS to share your income with the Department of Education so that for income-based repayment plans, they're automatically calculated. The other thing that came out of this recently announced change is instead of 10% of your discretionary income being counted toward payments, it's being reduced to five. And also if your income-based repayment plan is below the amount that it would take to pay your principal and interest, so in order to amortize it like you do a mortgage, you're not going to, the extra interest will never apply to you. So I think that there, that is going to be helpful to a lot of people. Also, the amount of income that's considered discretionary um, will decline. And what I mean by that is that they're going to go up to a higher percentage of the poverty level before they start counting income that's available for um, these repayment plans. So I think for borrowers, it's going to be good. It's a little bit scary from a taxpayer standpoint because all this interest that's forgiven is essentially meaning the taxpayers are going to pay for it. So I think that there's going to be um, some pushback on colleges for tuition and looking at what they cost. Uh, the president also announced that he was going to be publishing sort of a list of colleges that have high student debt loads and low salaries. And I think that that's probably good information for people to have. Personally, I would like to see more education around loans at the time these students and their parents are taking them out because I don't think people realize all the ramifications of taking on this debt in many cases. And they just get a thing in their student account. They click yes and it direct deposits the money into their account. And then they graduate from college and they wind up, wind up finding out that they have this huge amount of debt that they have to really pay. I was actually speaking with a physician yesterday and he was saying that he had $100,000 when he graduated. And I remarked that that was a very low amount for med school. And he said, yes, because I went here in my hometown, so I didn't have the housing cost and things of that nature that a lot of um, my fellow students did. And, you know, just that really made me think about, I actually said $100,000 of student debt wasn't that much. And it was true, but I think that that shows you sort of the cost of college in our country. And yes, he's been able to pay that off, but there are many professions where they have that level of debt, but there's no realistic way to pay that off. And I think as a society, we're going to have to figure out what is the value and what should we be paying for um, different types of degrees and, and different um, costs for people. Because in many, many cases, a college degree does allow you to go to that next level. You, For example, you can't be a doctor, you can't be a certified financial planner. Um, most banking institutions won't hire you to be a commercial lender without a degree. So it is the cost of sort of going to the next level in our knowledge economy. But then, yes, there's also, 
areas such as IT where it's really not about your degree necessarily. It's what can you do? What can you program? And so I think that we're in the, on the cusp of a lot of changes in this area, but I do think that this uh, student loan forgiveness is going to allow some people to put their debts behind them and have a way forward when they didn't really, in most cases, understand what they were signing up for to begin with. So um, definitely pay attention to that if you've got student loans, if you've got family members that have student loans. And it is likely what we've seen, it's all very, very preliminary, um, going to be based on 2020 or 2021 income. So uh, if that's your case and you qualify with less than 125 or less than $250,000 as a couple, um, I think that's something you should look forward to. Also, one last thing, payments have been deferred on all student loans until January 1 of 2023. At that point, they are going to restart. So I think that it's a good time now to start making sure you've got money in your budget for at least the amount you were paying before. Like I said, there's been announced some changes that it's going to be a lower dollar amount than what it was before if you're on an income-driven repayment plan. But it's something that you need to start being prepared to having, you know, your loan balance less $10,000, um, those payments to come back in January because you don't want to get uh, taken by surprise and you've got some months to get ready for that. This has been another episode of Better Financial Health in 15 Minutes or Less, and I'm Stacy Hyde.